Hi all, welcome to Celestial Vibes podcast. And today our special guest is, is going to be Frank Clifford. Uh, Frank Clifford doesn't need an introduction in the astrological community, but uh, uh, to all those who really don't know about Frank Clifford and his works, I'm just going to give you a small introduction. It's like Frank Clifford is an astrologer, palmist, lecturer, author, publisher, writer, and also the principal of London School of Astrology. Is that right, Frank? That's right, yes. It sounds it sounds almost as busy as I am. <laughs> Firstly, welcome to the podcast show. And it's really great and I'm quite excited to talk to you. Thank you. No, it's it's been a it's a pleasure to be to be invited and I hope we we have some fun having a chat. Yeah, sure. And uh, basically I followed the you have not told much about yourself and uh, your foray into astrology as I see uh, on the internet. So I thought uh, people might like to know about your early life. I know you started your astrology from 16, but uh, so how it, uh, I think that's quite a young age when compared to others, uh, but well, um, it's easier to define a single profession rather than making a transition from your corporate job or something like that to astrology? Well, it was interesting. I think at 16, I was very, very keen to understand who I was, to understand more about myself. And most of us in the West, anyway, I can't, I've only been to India a couple of times. I don't know um, much about how people grow up with astrology in India, but but in um, in the West, most of us get introduced to astrology through the sun signs, uh, through the, the columns in the newspapers. And I think one of the gifts of sun signs, particularly a book like uh, Linda Goodman's Sun Signs, which is a very famous book that was produced in the late 60s. Um, it, I think a lot of people responded to that book, as I did when I was... 14, 15, 16, uh, because it spoke of who you know you are inside, not maybe who you are as a 16-year-old just yet, but the great gift of Sun Sign Astrology, how it was written by Linda Goodman, was that it appealed to what you knew inside your heart of who you were born to be. So when I read that, I didn't feel like an Aries, but... She made me want to be an Aries and made me feel this is who I am and this is what I could be. So in many ways, reading that, uh, because I, I was a very shy teenager, a shy, quiet child, and uh, reading about my sun sign got me very interested in learning more about, about my chart. And by the age of 16, I went to visit an astrologer in... Uh, in London, uh, near where I live, and his name was Tad Mann. And Tad is still an astrologer in America. He, for a time, was living in London. And I sat down with him, and he looked at my chart. And I was intrigued. He, he does a particular type of astrology that's very, very different from the regular Western astrology. So uh, it was an unusual beginning for me. But... When I came home, I had my horoscope wheel that had been calculated by computer, 
and I started to look at all the symbols. I bought his book, so I looked at his book and I looked at the symbols and I started to learn them, to make sense of them, to understand why, what a triangle might be in the chart or a square or a sextile. And I literally sat at home and became obsessed, as we do, uh, obsessed with astrology and understanding more about it. So that, that was August 1989. So that was almost 30 years ago, to almost, yeah, almost 29 years, 30 years ago. And so that was the introduction. And I, I taught myself uh, over, over many years and maybe a little bit too shy to visit schools and to go to classes. Uh, and I went off to university and studied everybody's chart I could find and taught myself for many, many years. So it's been a, I think a lot of astrologers are very uh, Uranian. They think very differently. They like to be different from the crowd. They don't like to be uh, a sheep. They prefer to be the ram like I am with, with, with Aries. But they, um, uh, yes, I think astrologers feel always outsiders. And we like to do things our own way. Uh, so maybe that's the way that I expressed my individuality or my originality of by teaching myself uh, at a very young age. And, and I'm still teaching myself many years later. Yeah. And uh, how were your uh, early days as an astrologer when you were a professional? Uh, what, sorry, say that again. What was... Like your early days as an astrologer and, uh, and the ways you, you managed your finance. Uh, and it is really difficult as an astrologer and especially during the early days. Uh, you mean financially? Yes. Um, well, because I was still studying and I went off to university, I, I had been studying astrology for five years before I, I, I came back from university to get a job. So uh, I had um, the luxury of being able to study astrology at a time that I was studying for my exams at school, for my exams at university. So I had a cushion where I, I was able to keep studying without having to, to, uh, to go to work. So by the time I came back from university, it, I had been studying for five years, astrology for five years, uh, and... So I began to start to to do fundraising events to get my name out there uh, to um, uh, to see clients uh, gradually. But astrology is an interesting job to do because really, if you if you want to be rich, I wouldn't recommend astrology because it is a subject for the love, not the money. True and. In, in my opinion, obviously, some astrologers make a lot of money from from various activities through writing or through newspaper columns, uh, through um, internet now. But um, I think most astrologers will tell you they would do it for nothing if they could, uh, or at least they, if they had to, they would they would um, they would do it for the love rather than the money. So um, it is not a viable career option if you're wanting to make a lot of money, particularly in the first five years. 
because you have to be very versatile with astrology. You have to, if you want to earn some money in astrology, you have to write, you have to see clients, uh, you have to teach, you have to in some way find um, the energy to, uh, to work in many, many fields to get paid. But my attitude with money has always been that if you do what you love to do, if you have the opportunity, and a lot of people don't have the opportunity to follow something to, you know, in, their, in their heart, follow their heart. Um, but if you have the opportunity, uh, then um, what, you, what you love leads to enough money, enough of what you need. Uh, and so that, that's my, my philosophy about it. But the early days, I was doing a lot of different things. This is before before the internet, really, <laughs> um, really, sort of. Um, and it was word of, it was word of mouth. It was, um, uh, it was all sorts of, um, uh, any, anywhere I could see clients, anywhere I could, uh, travel to, to give free readings to different parties or business events, let people know I was around. I was very, uh, active, proactive in that way. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there is one thing I was really amazed or uh, whatever you may call it, like, I think you have done about 10 to 12 books in a very short period of time. And you have your own publications, flyer publications. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did it all start, the flyer publications? Well, um, that was back in probably 1996, around that time when I was 23 and it was around that time and I was putting together a book of birth data famous people's birth charts I was always interested in exploring um, my astrology always comes from an interest in people's lives uh, it comes from an interest in biography because I was always very curious to understand why some people led this type of life and other people never got the opportunity. And in my opinion, over the years, I've realized that the chart is limited. It is an amazing, amazing tool, but it is limited in how much it can tell you. So many other things come into the factor. So this is why you see people born at the same time, but they have different opportunities and they have very different lifestyles, very different they may have the same quality in their chart, but life throws at them all sorts of other difficulties along the way. Some of them make uh, something special out of it. Some people fall and don't do much with their lives. So astrology, I think the birth chart only tells you so much. It gives you the quality of somebody, what they're looking to seek in life, what they're looking, what they will attract in life. And so, um, Part of the, the journey early on was to read as many biographies, as many uh, charts. Lois Rodden, who is a data collector who died many years ago, she had a number of books. And I would love just reading the books about the people. And then after reading the information, I would say, well, where is it in their chart? I want to find it. It should be there. So I would always do it the other way around. Nowadays, too many people read a chart and they say, you are this, this will happen to you. Um, if you do it the other way around and you say, what has happened to this person? 
let's have a look in the chart to see it. And then we look for another person in their chart for the same experience. Then we can start to learn astrology rather than just learn X plus Y equals Z. It may not always. Um, you don't read a chart and just expect to know everything about the person. So um, that started, my interest in biography started uh, the, the research into this book called British Entertainers. Uh, and that British Entertainers came out in 1987. Uh, 1997, and that was a, um, a book of about 700 small biographies and birth details of people. So that was my first start. I published myself because I asked a few publishers. No one seemed to be interested in that. It was too specialized. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to learn how to publish. And uh, and I did. So that's what I did. But a few years later, I got a different, I got a publisher for some of my palmistry books uh, because by then, I was very happy to have somebody to do the work for me. That was, that was nice. But I went back later to study uh, more about publishing, publish other people's books along the way. But um, sometimes um, my experiences with other publishers, some very big publishers, sometimes has been that they do not take as much care or precision. And I, I have a Virgo moon in, in the Western system anyway, it's in Leo in, in the Vedic system, but in the West, it's the Virgo moon and it's very, very um, fussy about detail. I want things to be perfect. So if it's my mistake, that's my responsibility. If it's somebody else's mistake, I want a chance to correct it. I want them to do better. So after a few, a few um, uh, publications of palmistry with other publishers, I decided to go back and to publish myself again. Uh, so I would be contr in control of the product. So it is, you know, I think um, for me anyway, having some level of control over my work uh, is, has always been very helpful rather than just handing it over to somebody else who may not do a very good job. So, so that's why I continue to publish. Great. So, interesting that you mentioned about looking at charts from the other way around. So, as you said, I think when we believe that there are two, there are no uh, like two same people. Everyone is unique. So the chart has to be unique, and that's where the astrology comes into play. Even when it comes to the twins. Yes. Even you see, I. I know every every chart is unique, but you meet people who are born within 30 seconds of each other, twins, taken out one after the other. That They're, they're basically the birth, same birth time. Um, but what astrology can tell you is what you seek out in the world. So for if you have a lot of Virgo in your chart, you seek out places where there is a lot of chaos, a lot of mess because it is in your nature, in your heart, to tidy up, to, to do something perfectly, to try to make something better. If you have a lot of Libra in your chart, you will gravitate towards people and places where there is conflict, so you can resolve it and become the peacemaker. So we're attracted, I think it's almost like a magnet. 
our chart that we chose and i believe that when we come into our life we choose our chart uh maybe the soul chooses it i don't know but that's my feeling we we make a choice uh, as we come into the world um we decide which which birth chart we're going to sign up for and my feeling with that is that um we attract people and situations that make us become who we were born to be so that's what we do but we can't stop other people's charts other people's purposes other people's behavior from impacting us so we might have a very perfect nature a very pure nature what we want to do but we are born into situations where people have very very different motives so our birth chart can be given it's like being a tree and you're born into a place where there's lots of rain to help it and nourish it or you're born into a family where it is very dry and very unsupportive so the chart can describe the environment but my feeling is that it it doesn't describe all of it it describes the essence of it but we have our lives depend so much on the people that we mix with and different parts of our chart comes up comes up you see this all the time i remember years ago reading about i think it was steven arroyo who is a, a very well known astrologer in america uh particularly in the 70s with liz green he wrote a lot of psychological books on astrology and i think it was in his chart in his class i may be wrong where uh he was looking at the chart of a mass murderer a man um from america who kidnapped people and then he chopped their body up very very gruesome serial killer type and a woman in the audience in his class she said um it is the same chart as my son and uh the teacher i think it was steven arroyo said well what does your son do for a living and she said well he is a butcher of meat he likes to cut up meat for a living yeah so um there is an essence in all of us but some people are very very damaged from early on or they're very deprived other people are given too much and they go they self destruct so it is not just our chart it is everyone around us that helps us fulfill who we are in my opinion i was fortunate enough to listen to tim tarakter mountain astrologer and chris benens the astrology podcast oh yes a tim made a special mention that uh, you had a very significant role to play with uh, further development of modern astrology in the past 5 to 7 years and uh, he also said uh, something about the uh, music theme and uh, the upcoming uh, theme of the deceased astrologers in september or october issue of the modern yeah. astrology so ever since i heard that i wanted to Uh, have a discussion about it ah um and oh i haven't listened to that yet so are they they're talking about the magazine are they mainly basically it's the history of mountain astrologer and uh, how tim director uh, came about developing it from his early days up to now yeah so well, he said that I've, you were a significant part of it ah well i've been working now with the mountain astrology for almost 10 years and maybe longer but uh i they again this appeals to my virgo moon 
because they are very, um, they're very precise. They have very high standards in the magazine. They do their very best to edit and to present work that is, is good. So I want to work with the best people. I want to work with people who care about their work, uh, who care about precision, who care about doing an ethical job, doing something good for the community. So um, it was interesting because I've been reading the Mountain Astrologer for many, many years, and I didn't feel quite ready, uh, even though 10 years ago, I, I've been writing for 12 years by then and publishing. Um, I didn't feel, I wanted to give, I wanted my first article for them to be really good. I wanted it to be, to be special. So I waited, I waited before I approached them for a number of years. And when fi I finally approached them, they seemed to be very happy and interested. And I convinced them uh, to, to have a column in the magazine. I said I would write lots of different interesting things. It was called Horoscope Detective. Uh, where I was looking at um, charts to reveal different um, professions or different characteristics, different things. Uh, and they have allowed me over the years to write about all sorts of interesting subjects, uh, just so many, many things. And I've had two or three different types of columns in there. And in the last few years, they, in fact, it was at the last UAC, which is the big conference happening in May, uh, just a few weeks away uh, in, um, in Chicago, I sat down and had breakfast with, with Tem from the, from the Mountain Astrologer. And I said to him, when is the last time you had a holiday? And he said, about 27 years ago. So I said, <laughs> I, we, we laughed about it. And I said, you know what you should do? You should leave the magazine in the hands of somebody you trust somebody that you've worked with before and uh, leave, yeah, leave it um, and go away for a month. Just let go of it. Have a holiday. Enjoy your life. You seem to be like a slave to the magazine, so just let go. And I, we, we finished breakfast and then I went home a few days later and on the airplane home to London, I thought, you know what, I could do that. <laughs> So I wrote to him and I said, you know, when I recommended somebody to take over and do a guest edit of the magazine, um, I'd be interested in that. And he, uh, so I left it with him. I told him my, some of my ideas and then I heard nothing for a few weeks and I thought, okay, you know, he's busy. I don't know him very well at that time. I didn't know him well. And um, they came back to me and they said, yeah, we'd like you to, to guest edit. To, to do your own issue of the magazine. So we did that and it was, a, it was an interpretation issue where I contacted some amazing astrologers and they contributed articles, Stephen Forrest and Brian Clark and Liz Green, Darby Costello, just some really talented people. Contacted them to write uh, for, for the magazine. And since then I've done about five or six of them um, I've also done uh, compendiums where we have just looked at one planet and I've looked at my library here of maybe 500 books in astrology where I just pick out what people have said about the moon or Mercury and I made a big 
uh, big presentation in the book in the magazine uh, full of different people's insights so you can read the, the issue and you get what maybe 50 astrologers have said about one planet because I think we, we never stop learning from each other so the idea was to present that so I've done a few of those as well and the latest one is a tribute to astrologers now we know that astrologers are not more enlightened, more conscious than other people. We'd like to think we are sometimes. We, people elevate us to make us a guru or they, they elevate us to have um, very spiritual motives. But astrologers, they feud and they get upset and they're sensitive and they get rude like anybody else. So we notice that um, at the moment, uh, in Western, in the tropical zodiac, uh, Jupiter is in Scorpio at the moment. And what I've noticed is that everybody is exaggerating their emotional state. So you say something and all of a sudden everybody wants to ban you. They want to ostracize you. On Facebook, everybody's typing madly about this person is so wrong. And nobody steps back and recognizes that actually what is being triggered inside of them is more important than what is being said outside. So why they're reacting is more important to what they're reacting to. Sometimes, sometimes, not always. So um, well, I wanted to do a tribute issue in the latest, in the, in the upcoming Mountain Astrologer because um, astrologers have been quite divided. There was um, a lot of problems at a, Indian, a recent con um, conference Yes, yes. Uh, in, in India, of course. Um, a lot of people with a lot of strong opinions, very angry, very defensive. Um, that's one situation, but there have been quite a few of them since Jupiter moved into Scorpio. So um, my feeling was, why not celebrate each other <laughs> as much as we can uh, and put together an issue where people are writing about... Uh, who are people who have been pioneers and celebrating people in the community because there seems to be so much um, discord, dispute in the moment uh, with people. And I'm not saying that it is right or wrong, and I'm sure there is lots of reason to be upset with people, uh, but um, there is always room to say good things. And one of the things that I, when I joined Facebook eight years ago, ten years ago, whenever it was, one of the things that I decided very early on was when I saw something I really got angry about, usually I just left it alone. And when I saw something that needed encouragement or I was happy or I thought this person was doing a good job, I would make a comment and encourage them. But I tried to leave the negative words and the criticism of the opinion away from putting it in writing. There is too much. There's too much anger, too much um, uh, uh, frustration in people, and it comes out at other people all the time. So the, the, new, the new magazine uh, uh, issue with the tribute issue um, is designed really to hopefully, hopefully to um, show what amazing people there are in the community and to bring people together a little bit to recognize how, how lucky we are. Because in my opinion, some of the most 
intelligent people I've ever met are astrologers. They're not um, gullible people. They're not people who um, are abusing other people. They're just very, very sharp, intelligent minds. So I think we should celebrate that. And it is so easy to just forget that and to just be angry with each other. So uh, that, that was one of the reasons why I did that. I think there is no point in actually finding flaws in various systems of astrology, especially the tropical and sidereal argument that has been quite a boiling point for some time now. And uh, I'm trying to bring about, as I already said, like um, synchronization of Western timing techniques in Vedic. So that is probably uh, one platform with, with which I'm trying to establish that there is no blemish in astrology when it is actually put together in a right manner. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that's anything that will um, show people that we can all get together, we can all learn from each other. Um, I don't know much about Vedic and uh, I've had my chart done before um, uh, in the sidereal uh, zodiac um, and it's always interesting but it's interesting uh, I think what is uh, maybe what is really missing and maybe it is there and I haven't seen it but what what seems to be missing is a book that really introduces key concepts um, and how they can be incorporated with Western astrology. Maybe it should be the other way. Maybe Western astrologers should look and actually bow down to an older system and, and maybe try to work out how they can connect. But in terms of being in the West, living in England, traveling to America, I think what is missing sometimes is um, I haven't seen a, a book that really um, excited me and made me think, I want to do this more. I want to use these techniques. And I think that's probably um, what, I, you know, what is missing for me to make the leap and, and to be uh, excited about Vedic and how I can incorporate that into my practice. Uh, yes, I, I think basically people from the West they need to get introduced to this Vedic system. See, it's a very deep-rooted system with uh, a little bit of uh, myth, uh, which basically doesn't mean anything. And uh, they just came out from nowhere. So just shutting off those basic myths that are traveling around the astrological community and uh, bringing only the realistic facts into play is very, very important. And um, I think there are so many books and uh, there are so many quite uh, prominent Vedic astrologers, even from the West, who have actually successfully tested the timing techniques in Vedic astrology, which is the Dasha system. And uh, not just Venshotri, we have so many like lists Dasha system and uh, it is also in Gemini astrology and uh, we have Nadi astrology where transit and the natal chart play, plays a very important role. 
So it is quite a versatile and a diversified field that we have in India. But the thing is, uh, I think Vedic astrology made its way into the West by late or early 80s and the sorry late 80s and the early 90s, and uh, it's just picking up as the time goes on. Yeah, and it's you know with respect, it's it's um. I think the best way to understand astrology is to understand the culture it's come from. Yes. And, and if you do that, if you if you have respect for that culture, you understand um, how things are approached. And they don't. Maybe maybe it's not about turning Vedic into something that the Westerners can use, um, but it's more about showing them um, the reality of it rather than their perceived. Uh, notion of what it can be yes as you say as you say so maybe it's not about trying to make it edible for us to understand <clears throat> so um yes uh, but maybe it is about presenting things uh factually and um and as clearly as possible but ultimately there will there will be bridges and connections and there will be people that will never listen just like uh, i know when, when you start learning astrology, you want to convince everybody. You want to prove it to them. You bend over backwards just to, to try to get their chart correct and try to guess different things about who they are. And then you step back and say, astrology does not speak to everybody. And it is, a, you know, the people describe it as a language often of how, you know, a way to communicate, a way to see the world. And for some people, they're never going to see the world in that way. And that's fine. I don't need to shove it down people's throats. I don't need the world to open their eyes. I don't think we need astrology in every school. We don't need it in every university. Um, if you do that, all of a sudden, the astrology gets watered down. It gets, uh, you can't say this, you can't do that. Um, astrology as, uh, as an ancient wisdom tradition will always be on the side. We'll always have a role that is on the side of society where you go to seek it rather than have it um, in your face every day, like, you know, like learning mathematics or physics or, or French or chemistry. Um, so astrology, maybe it is for the people who want to seek out uh, more in their lives in that way. And for billions of people that don't, they find other ways. So I'm not so obsessed anymore with trying to convince people. Uh, that's not how astrology has grown for centuries. People who were interested have done their own research and uh, astrology has been evolving over time. And uh, yeah. So about your role with the London School of Astrology and as a principal? Um, okay. Well, I, I, uh, I have to remember the dates now. I think it was 2004 that I bought the school and it was it was a, a big a big commitment of time running three to four classes and seminars a week and my life changed a lot that year uh, with a lot of work a lot of pressure to do that and eventually i i think some classes at the very beginning i was creating the notes a few hours before i was almost 
like just ahead of my student sometimes <laughs> because um, there was so much to learn, so much to teach. And the great thing about running a school is that you, you learn so much when you teach. There are other things that, uh, you know, you, most of the students, we've had a few thousand students now over the years. Most of them are really beautiful people who want to learn and they, they're learning about themselves. And it's an absolute joy just to teach them. You get one or two who they come back into a class after 10 years and all they can remember is being abused at school or, or feeling stupid at school. So every time you teach somebody, you do take them back into that mode of what, what they felt like when they were growing up. And some people had very bad learning experiences with teachers and people. So um, some, a few, maybe one a year, really, or one every few years, um, there's a difficult student who maybe needs too much. But I try to do a very good job of looking after my students and trying to, uh, to try to help them um, develop and learn the subject and pass their exams. And uh, so I'm, they call me Mama Frank because I'm sort of like the mother. I could be Father Frank maybe, but somebody named me Mother Mama Frank because I'm, I'm there always trying to help on the phone or, or uh, trying to help students um, with, you know, with learning the subject because uh, I learn so much from teaching, but also I love to teach. And if you, if you don't love to teach and if you've lo lost the joy of teaching, give it up. You know, um, some, over the years, I've seen some pretty awful teachers and they, they have bad, you know, they don't treat their students so well or they, um, students don't feel that they can ask them nice questions or silly questions or whatever. And my job when I'm teaching is to answer anything, you know? Um, and if I, if I ever get too impatient or feel like, you know, I don't want to teach you that, I shouldn't be teaching. I should give up. So um, I have, for an Aries, I do not have a huge amount of patience in my life. I'm always wanting to do things quickly, get things done. But when it comes to teaching, I have a lot of patience because that's what it's about. It's about helping the student uh, to learn and trying to give them what they need. So I have, for this Aries here, I have ultimate patience as a teacher. <laughs> almost, almost. Okay. So that's great. Uh, and uh, about the role in the astrological organizations that you do, uh, especially I came across this Cosmic Intelligence Agency uh, very recently. So if you can say something about that. I, I don't have connections with any organization properly, um, deliberately, because uh, I, I run my school. I call myself a, a benevolent dictator, which means that I decide everything. I look after people. I pay them properly. I respect the students and the teachers. I try to keep people happy, but nobody makes the decision except for me. So I run it, you know, I run it properly, like an, like an Aries. Um, but so if, if it were a committee, it would be a mess because often, not always, but often committees bring out the worst in people. It's 
it stops progress, people get very political, they get angry with each other, personalities clash, um, people start to get power mad, even though it's a very small community. Um, so I keep away from committees, councils, organizations, and any group. But I will be part of certain groups as long as I don't have to do any of that. So I've supported the CIA. I'm a representative for ISAR in this country. But I'm not having meetings and committee meetings. Um, I'm just doing my thing, my own thing. So uh, I've never been part of that. In my chart, I have the sun opposite the planet Uranus, which I don't think most Vedic, Vedic astrologers use, but um, uh, sun opposite Uranus. And in a way that, that describes my attitude to, to groups and to people. So uh, I, I keep away from them. Yeah. And uh, I think you're uh, giving two lectures or uh, speeches this time in the UN. So one is about the solar art directions and the other is the heart of your chart. And the heart of, the, of your chart, is it a uh, minimized version of your book that you had earlier published in uh, 2012? Yes, that's right. It is. It's um, the, hang on a minute, the, the heart of, yeah, the solo arc is um, an article, is a, is a lecture based on uh, my work with solo arts. We're going to do lots of examples in the audience, working with people. That's what I really love to do. I love to be able to just show people how easy it is to work through it. I do that every time I teach. Um, the part of the chart is a small condensed version of, of um, how I teach chart synthesis, how I get people to spot connections, what's, most, in my opinion, what's more important to look at. Because what we know when we're learning astrology, and even people have been doing it for many, many years, they often don't know where to start or they get overwhelmed by too much information. So my idea is, you know, keep it simple. Um, too many techniques, too many techniques make things very confusing. It doesn't help the client. It confuses the student. So keeping it simple means that you can identify things, get to the heart of the chart, and then you can go deep. You can go deep to the layers of meaning there, what it could mean in the life um, with context. You can discuss it with the client. Uh, but if you've got too many techniques, they just get in the way of really getting to the essence of the chart and the person in front of you. So my style has always been to just show ways of getting to the heart of the chart and, uh, and, and just leaving a lot of the stuff, the secondary stuff, leaving it to later. Um, and, yeah, people just spend too much time getting obsessed with all the little detail in the chart. And I, I think that's a waste of time. And clients need, uh, they need instant help. You know, they, they don't want you sitting there while you're analyzing 500 different bits in the chart, you know. Do you still do readings? Do I do. I do every week, usually. Um, I, I do consultations with people. Uh, I have days now where I I put them in maybe three or four in a day and then I have the rest of the week to teach or to travel to teach or to write or to publish or to edit or something else. Um, maybe to have a holiday occasionally. Um, so 
yes, uh, I still do consultations and I would never give that up because you, every person you meet, every story you hear helps you learn more about your astrology. It confirms some things. It teaches you new angles. And I just feel like I'm still in the process of expanding, developing my work. I'll get to a point probably where um, the memory isn't so good, maybe in 30 years from now. And, uh, you know, I might, might not be as sharp or wanting to do as much. Um, but I still feel like I'm, I'm still learning, I'm still developing. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. Okay. We can wrap it up. Uh, that's probably one of the uh, very enlightening biographical speech. Uh, and I'm fortunate that I've been part of it. And, oh. uh, yeah. and uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, see you next. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.